and welcome back to Um Like Anime. My name's George, and with me is Tony. Hello, my name's Tony, and with me is George. Hi, my name's George. <laughs> uh, I think we did this bit before. You know, who's, who's <laughs> counting? <laughs> it was a while ago, though, so I think it's okay. <laughs> well, hello to you, our anime friends out there. We're back uh, to talk about some more anime. And hello to you, our anime enemies out there. We're here to talk about more anime that you can yell at us about on the internet and then get your comments deleted. Yes, unless they're paragraphs long. Unless they're constructive, yeah. Yes, and only, you know, just a tad passive-aggressive. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's fine. It's the actual aggressive stuff. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we last week we talked about Made in Abyss, the, the movie that's essentially the next arc or season of that. Dawn of the Deep Soul, is that what it was called? Yes. Okay. Dawn of the Deep Soul. And uh, so this week we thought we'd check out another continuation which of a show that is beloved. It's the second season of Beastars. Which came out nearly a year ago in Japan, but not quite that long ago for us in the U.S. Yeah, pretty recently. It was in Netflix jail for like a long time. I think it came out in July for us. Um, hmm. It was a month ago, I believe. Uh, but the original season aired in the in fall of 2019, so compared to Made in, Made in Abyss, uh, it was a much quicker <laughs> turnaround, which is nice. And not have to wait several years to get more. Wait, it was fall of 2019? Yeah, that's what uh, my anime list says on the first season. Wow. Winter 2021 for the second season. I thought it was longer ago than that. All right, well. Time is a blur. Yeah, lately. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's been a while since it came out. I remember watching it. Yeah, when it was coming out. Yeah, me too. I saw. I didn't see it because it also came out on Netflix uh, the first season, um, but I didn't immediately watch it. But I checked it out a little bit after it came out. It's still in 2019, and uh, yeah, it was good. Anyway, uh, yes. yeah. So the first season came out in 2019, and you're gonna recap it real quick. Go. All right. So the main character uh, is a wolf. Uh, and he lives in a in this um, world where it's like humanoid, uh, anthropomorphized um, animal people. Mm -hmm. uh, we covered Odd Taxi, um, but more, uh, which is similar, but more uh, in that sort of setup. But more appropriately, I think of Zootopia a lot, the Disney movie. Um, mm. This is a more adult version <laughs> of that, but it deals a lot with like you know, carnivores, herbivores, how we can mingle in society and and a lot of the anxieties that come with with that being one or the other and trying to find a place to fit in um, but anyway our main character legosi or legoshi as he's called in the dub which i imagine is similar to the you watched it in japanese right yeah um legoshi yeah legoshi yeah. uh but yeah legoshi is a male wolf at this school and he is a bit reserved and he hunches all the time. He's always trying to like make himself smaller. He doesn't like the fact that he's strong and tough and, you know, he's trying to deny that. Uh, but when we start out in this high school, they go to Cherryton. Uh, there's been a murder. Somebody, one of the students has been devoured. Uh, Tim, who is a, I believe he's like a alpaca. He's alpaca. Uh, I got confused and stuff with some of these like alpaca versus goat versus sheep versus <laughs> some of them are ram. Some of them. Uh, I mean, he could be a llama, I guess, but I think he's an alpaca. Alpaca. I think that. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, which uh, shout out to the alpaca girl in Odd Taxi, best girl. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Was she an alpaca? Too? I guess so. Huh? Yeah, I think yeah. so. So this starts and it causes this uproar because clearly he's he's an alpaca, and he is a herbivore, and so you know a carnivore is suspected of committed this crime, but nobody knows who did it, and there's a lot of tension around all these carnivores, and so uh, Legoshi feels this, you know, even more so than he already does of just feeling insecure. Um, but through this, uh, he ends up running into this rabbit girl, uh, Haru. Uh, he s smells her scent and becomes overtaken with himself and, like, pounces on her and almost, you know, takes a bite, but uh, stops himself. He has this inner battle, which kind of sets up most of his character mm -hmm. uh, throughout. And then, uh, yeah, from there, we get kind of sucked into 
the world of the drama club where Lego she is sort of, you know, does like a behind the curtain kind of, you know, I forget. He does like lighting and lighting and stuff. Yeah. I don't think he like makes props or anything. You don't really see that, but, um, but yeah, takes care of the lighting. And then we're introduced to the main star who is, uh, Louie or Rui. <laughs> if, uh, yeah, if you prefer. Um, but yeah, he's a, uh, like an elk, uh, or deer. I call him a deer, but. He's a deer. He's a red deer. Oh, a red deer. I think so. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he's a very, you know, dashing. It reminded me of uh, Fruits Basket a little bit. He's like the prince, you know, Prince Yuki, mm. uh, the prince of the high school. He's, he is the prince of the school, yeah. Yeah, largely adored by all the ladies and, and men alike. Um, and, yeah, he's, you know, got acting chops and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, the whole first season was kind of this love triangle that unfolds between uh, Legoshi, Haru, and, uh, and Louis. And we, we kind of learn more as it goes on. Um, but Lego, she's never been with anyone. You know, he's, he's a virgin. Uh, and he has anxiety and stuff. And he already has this complex about, like, he doesn't deserve what's given to him or what, you know, he's, he's constantly trying to, like, undercut himself. And so when he starts battling with, like, do I want to devour this girl or do I love her? Uh, he gets really confused, but then even when she's kind of accepting his love, he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's in constant turmoil. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's the main setup of the first season. Yeah. That's how it starts. That's true. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, we don't have to go through all the little things in there, but there's a lot of character dynamics. There's like characters that we'll see for like a scene or two, and then they don't really seem to play a major part. Um, like there's one character who's a chicken that like sits next to Legoshi and never talks to him, but she lays delicious eggs though. She does. And he likes these egg sandwiches. And so she, those are her eggs. And there's this whole like inner, you know, monologue she has about, about this. It's really funny, but then that ends up, you know, not really, you know, going anywhere after yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but with our main characters, that's kind of the main focus. And at a certain point in this season, Haru, the the rabbit girl who works in the, or she doesn't work, but she's part of the gardening club. She's the only member of that. But she ends up getting kidnapped by this uh, Shishigumi, who are kind of like a crime syndicate or some sort of yeah, yeah. mob uh, that is um, mostly lions have uh, have banded together, and they're kind of like mafia. They got that mafioso thing going. Uh, and they reign in what we learn um, of the black market, where in this world, meat is kind of illegal. Carnivores aren't supposed to eat meat, but if you go to the black market, it's, you know, uh, you can get all manner of, of uh, delicious morsels. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, I guess it's more like a red light district or something. Because when you think of the black market, you think of this sort of abstract concept of illegal yeah. sales. But this is literally like a marketplace, a physical location yeah. where people sell, uh, yeah, animal meat. Yeah, it's almost just like Soho or like, I don't know, some part of the city or outskirts that isn't like, there's like a blind eye to it, I guess. Yeah. It's like within these confines, you can kind of do whatever you want. And uh, the carnivores are, are able to like relax and, you know, just chill there. But it's kind of seedy and shady a lot of the times there. And uh, yeah, there's one point where, where Lagoshi and some of his other carnivore classmates go there, uh, like accidentally end up there. Mm. And they get, you know, they kind of are conflicted about, you know, eating meat or not. Well, Lagoshi is, but. Uh... Yes. None of the rest of them seem that conflicted about it. Yeah, not at first, yeah. Some of them express, like, after the fact um, mm. hesitations they had. Um, and I guess we should set up, too, like, it's during that that Lagoshi runs into Gohin, who is this panda. Uh, he's like a doctor that is trying, to, some holistic doctor that's trying to help carnivores who have, like, this meat addiction and mm -hmm. uh, have gone too far with it. And so uh, it's kind of important. He's an important character. Um in the second season, but, uh, yeah, at the end of this first season, the climax, really, Haru is kidnapped by the Shishigumi, uh, Legoshi, Legoshi really wants to go, or Legoshi wants to go save her, and he tries to rally Louie to go with him, and Louie is just, he's, I don't know, like, he just has no hope for it, it just seems insurmountable to him, and so, uh, Legoshi, you know, runs off and 
does it on his own, although he runs into Goheen the panda and he helps him out immensely, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though he doesn't want to. And uh, yeah, they raid the place, uh, beat up a bunch of lions, um, and end up uh, saving her. And uh, but then as they're walking away, uh, Legoshi is you know pretty badly beaten, so he's like you know limping away with Haru. And what he doesn't see is that behind him, the boss, the lion boss that they, he thought he defeated, rises up and, and is about to shoot them uh, from across the courtyard. And he gets shot by none other than Louis, who I suppose had a change of heart and went back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and then we pick up this season, we learn more about uh, what happened with that, because kind of left on a cliffhanger of, you know, shoot, what, what, what's happening with him? Yeah, I mean, we would expect that he probably get devoured by the lions but uh yeah as it turns out that's not what happens and he um requests that even or demands it that's true i (laughs) guess yeah um and yeah that happens but one of the lions is i I don't i I guess maybe i don't totally understand the concept but like why is this lion so adamant about making louis the boss is it just because he's the one that killed the former boss or like later they explain it and like, it's a good idea to have an herbivore as the boss because yeah. then they can do business with other herbivores yeah. that might be afraid of the lions. But like they wouldn't have been, I can't imagine he was thinking that far ahead, but yeah, maybe he was supposed to be. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. I was a little confused on that as well. So now we're getting into the second season where we kind of, we learn more about what happened uh, with, with Louie and all that. But yeah, I, like like you said, that argument made a lot of sense to me, and um, I don't. It kind of reminded me of recent news about like ISIS, like of, like trying to rebrand themselves. Like, you know, we're not as bad as we were, uh, but it kind of seemed like that. But uh, like that's what they were going for. But yeah, did he have this lion have the foresight to be like, you know, I want to follow you and have you like, and he was very always very protective of Louis. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. He either had amazing foresight or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but that's like the whole Louis like side story, I would call it mostly. I mean, I guess it does sort of come back and connect back in. But essentially, we have two stories going at the same time. We've got the Louis story and then we've got the Lugosi story. Yes. And I don't know. For me, the Lugosi story was more interesting. Yeah. I mean, I liked parts of the Louis one. Um, maybe since we're already on him, I can cover some of that since they are kind of separated. Yeah, for the um, most part, they are. Until you know, we'll save we'll save the ending for when they they come together. But uh, but yeah, I mean, there's not much to say. The parts I did like about it is showing Louis in this you know uh, command role and like having all this power. Mm-hmm. Um, he took to it very naturally. And there's some pretty, I don't know, some pretty intense scenes, like, as part of, like, an, an initiation, they want him to, they want Louis to eat with the lions uh, all together and, like, share a meal of meat, which, of course, Louis has never tasted flesh. And uh, and it's kind of, I don't know, I thought it was well done, of just very tense scene of him, like, like you know he's going to eat it, but... Uh, yeah. They they do a good job making it pretty uncomfortable, and there's scenes later of him like vomiting it up and just mm-hmm. you know looking really pale and uh, for a deer, I guess. But yeah, I mean they do a good job of sort of showing the the well. So they did the whole smell thing with Lugosi in like the first season, and that that kind of comes back in this where mm-hmm. Louis like smelling the meat and it's like sort of infecting him, but. Not in the same way that it affects uh, Lugosi, right? It's yeah, uh, it's like a repulsion yeah. for him. Um, but yeah, somehow he manages to push through that and swallow a chunk of meat to impress his new lion buddies. <laughs> Yay, peer pressure! Because he went from wanting to just die after killing their boss and just assuming they would eat him to having to choose to eat this meat, uh, going against every you know fiber in his body. Uh, to protect himself, you know, to survive. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think literally minutes later that this happens where like one minute he's telling them to kill him and eat him. And then the lion's like, no, we're not going to do that. You're our new boss. He's like, okay, whatever. That's stupid. And then (laughs) they go and they're like, all right, now you have to eat meat to prove that you're one of us. Or if you don't, we're going to kill you and eat you. 
that was that's what I, he was asking you to do like just like a minute ago but somehow for some reason louis has decided to i don't know one of us i'm not one of us i don't really dig the louis story yeah i i mean i i get i totally agree with that where they didn't they could have spent more time like showing that develop or having it be more of a like if if point a to point b like that's where they wanted to get they kind of did like just rush it it was just like okay i'll yeah. t- i'll do it <laughs> yeah and anyway, and then the rest of the Louis story is, yeah, he, uh, since he's an herbivore, he helps them set up relations with other uh, herbivore criminals who normally wouldn't do business with the Shishigumi because they're a bunch of lions or whatever. They don't show any of that. They just tell us that that's what happened. Um, yeah. There is some, like there's, we said we weren't going to mention her, but there's a herbivore stripper named Cosmos or something like that. Cosmo. Cosmo. I think it's just Cosmo. Yeah. Oh, Cosmo. And, uh, yeah, so she, yeah, so one of her strippers, you know, or one of the strippers that works there that's a carnivore, like, tries to set her up where, you know, she's in a cage dancing, and then, but she lowers the cage and, like, makes it so that um, it can't be, you know, fixed, uh, right, you know, right away. Yeah, and, and, the, so, and the audience is all a bunch of carnivores. Yeah, yeah, so it's, and that's a very interesting, I don't know, they they go to some lengths of showing some, like, uncomfortable like primal stuff but uh yeah i can get we can get in that later um but yeah i guess you're right that's pretty much it uh until we get to the end um we do get some more backstory with louis um a little bit like there's a scene where he forces his dad to emancipate him uh Mm. from school and um who's not really his dad he like bought him and you know louis grew up uh, in a cage in the black market as a kid just you know so he has this, uh, I think they first introduced that in the first season, but I get a little more of that. Hmm, I didn't remember that from the first season, but okay. Oh, okay. That was in there. Um, but anyway, I guess we can go on to Louie and so we'll, we'll, we'll come, or not Louie, uh, Legoshi, and we'll come back to Louie uh, hmm. at the end of that. Yeah, so at the end of last season, or was it the beginning of this season? I actually don't remember. It was the end of last season, must have been. After they escape, uh, Lugosi and Haru spend a night together at I think it's a hotel or something, right? Yeah, it's like essentially like after he saves her that night, it's so late that the trains aren't running, so they have to stay somewhere. He doesn't have a lot of money, so it's like a love hotel is like all they can afford and and Legoshi's like, you know, losing his mind like with anxiety and yeah, and so they, and so they sleep together. They don't sleep together, but they sleep in the same place, side by side. Yeah, just sleeping. And then, yeah, so this season we pick up, and it's apparently quite a while later, I guess. Right? I mean, it, in some ways, it seems like it's not very much later because everyone's confused about where Louis is. But and they say like the he's been time. gone for two months or something. Oh, is that what they say? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and then it looks like him and Haru's, or, or that is to say, Lugosi and Haru's relationship has kind of f- come to this sort of equilibrium where they meet every once in a while just to hang out and talk, and, and that's about it. And he's really, he's not really sure, like, if she's his girlfriend or if they're dating or, like, what the what their status is and everything, but he likes hanging out with her. And she seems to like hanging out with him, so he's just yeah. sort of going along with it. Taking it slow and, yeah. And then uh, and then comes the mystery of the school, the mystery of the six-eyed monster. Yes, um, near the site where uh, Tem mm-hmm. uh, was devoured. Yeah, there's been some weird things happening and spooking the students. Yeah, and so a bunch of them are sort of investigating, trying to figure out what it is Lugosi because he's got really good hearing keeps hearing this noise of something like moving through the walls and finally confronts the thing making this noise and says why don't you just show yourself I know you're there and so she does and it's a giant snake that has markings on it that look like eyes and uh and her name is Rokume and she's the school security guard and she tasks uh, Lugosi with uh, investigating Tem's death and finding out who did it because, you know, she's the only security guard. She doesn't have time to 
bother with such things apparently yeah when it seems too that like she and this is the only time we really see her like mm-hmm. he goes back to talk to her shortly after that but um she's never uh brought up again or plays a part in this the rest yeah. of the season but uh, it seemed like she was imploring him to me to investigate tim's murder part of the reason being to become a b-star or to be more because like while they're having this conversation it keeps cutting back and forth to this um conference of all these teachers and like superintendents and Mm -hmm. they don't really explain it seems to all be about this one school that's a whole group of like adults yelling about like why don't you have a b-star and what happened to louis he was going to be the b-star and i'm thinking also what is a (laughs) b-star i mean it's like the the star of the school. I don't know. They yeah. I, I feel like they sort of explained that in the first season, but maybe not. A little bit. I, I took it to mean like um, maybe akin to like a valedictorian or like someone that, you know, in academic sports or, you know, extracurricular stuff is just, you know, exemplary and kind of leads the school as an example or something. But hmm. it's weird to me that it would be like an official designation that would have all of these like higher ups in the school, like in arms that there's no B star yeah uh, like officially uh so I, I was hoping in this season they would kind of explain that more but anyway it was during this scene that uh this uh Rok- rokume was having this uh you know discussion with uh legoshi about you know investigating this murder and stuff so I, in my mind i was like is that so he'll be a better candidate for a b-star i don't know i was just i was like why else uh you know would you be doing this? Yeah, I have no idea why. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really make sense why, but uh, I mean that's what happens. So that's what's happening, and Lugosi's yep. all about you know trying to do that, I guess. And yeah, then got it. And then I guess we haven't mentioned Juno yet. Um, Juno, oh, that's true. Is a, a female wolf who showed up somewhere in the end of uh, the first season. And she has a, a crush on Lugosi and uh, yeah. sort of confesses to him. And he's like, mm, I'm more into rabbits, <laughs> uh, which is Haru's a rabbit. If you haven't seen it, then I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, Juno, yeah, she complicates this love triangle. Uh, you know, she's like the added uh, layer on that. But Lugosi never really shuts her down. You know, never says like, no, I'm in love with another person, even though she clearly knows that. Uh, and she doesn't, you know, she detests Haru because of it. But yeah. Yeah, he, what does he, he just says now is not a good time or something like that? Or I, He keeps like, I forget what he said, but he, he's, they did it a couple of times where like, he would just say something really, like almost offer advice, but like, keep, keep up the good work or, you know, uh, don't forget to brush your teeth or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> that was in this season where he inspects her mouth. But it was something like that where he's like, you know, you're doing great. <laughs> I gotta mm-hmm. go. <laughs> Uh, which I relate. I relate to uh, uh, Legacy a lot, uh, just with his character. But she event she goes to see Louis. I know oh, we're not yeah. talking about Louis, but like I remember that was like kind of her one of her first things she did um, in the season. Right. Yeah. That's. I guess that's what I was getting at a little bit is that she goes to see Louis, but no one really knows where he is. But she figures it out somehow and goes to visit him. But yeah, we were talking about Legosi, and Legosi doesn't know where he is, but at some point talks to Juno and doesn't Juno tell him? I don't think so. Cause I think, yeah, the first time, the first time, um, Lugosi realizes it is when, Oh, so we haven't got to the whole training thing. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, but essentially there's this like, so Lugosi starts this whole investigation thing. He's trying to talk to, um, Tem's friends, you know, a lot of the alpacas and goats and whatever the heck they are. Uh, and you know, they're all afraid of carnivores and stuff, but then one of his good buddies finally gives him Tim's diary. And so he gets a little more information there, I guess. Not, I don't, nothing huge, but, um, while he's doing that, he ends up meeting Haru again uh, for a second time. And then he brings up Louie and makes it awkward and she doesn't want him to leave, but he kind of just storms off and like keeps his distance from her for a while. Uh, and that's when he, um, meets Goheen again and uh, mm. he starts to train him uh, to become stronger uh, so that when he does find Tim's killer he can you know more appropriately defend himself and also protect Haru I guess because that was a you know uh, promise he made to her right and yeah it all just gets a little <laughs> wobbly around here I guess like yeah. so yeah he's he's training with 
what's his name? Gohin? Gohin. Yeah. Gohin. Not, not Gohan. Yeah, Gohin. Um, yeah, so he's training with Gohin, and uh, part of it is it, sort of learning to resist his desire to eat meat, um, which is like a big part of what they're doing in this season. Um, is him becoming tough without meat because normally carnivores have to eat meat to become tough i guess uh i don't know it's almost like a I almost I almost took it like as like a meditative thing you know Can yeah you, he's like just sitting in front of like a giant slab of meat on a hook <laughs> um and trying not you know trying not to eat it mm-hmm. i guess uh while uh you know the intoxicating scent is driving him nuts yeah and the whole middle part of this season is sort of a mess in the way that it's put together because it jumps back and forth between different things going on uh none of which really matter at all um yeah there's a lot of asides with characters that just kind of pop up and then i i like it in the sense that it you you empathize more with with some of these people living in this society but it doesn't necessarily uh, elevate the main story it's just kind of like more like world building i guess yeah and so like yeah we get some montage i guess of of uh, lugosi training and investigating and then louis being a crime boss is cut in with that as well and you know then yeah other other stuff and at some point during that um lugosi is he's out at night like at the school and he get basically gets uh uh, attacked by some you know someone we don't know who some mm. towering figure that like you know binds him up and gags him and it's just like kicking the crap out of him mm-hmm. but legacy manages to get a bite on him and like i guess like taste on his face and like taste his saliva mm-hmm. and yeah. so that it's he pretty f- becomes pretty important he french kisses his attacker <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, this is important because later on he suspects someone in the drama club for having killed Tim. And so there's this one scene where he's like in their locker room area. And for whatever reason, every single person, every single carnivore seems to have a un or an unfinished drink, mm, uh, like, yes. you know, a bottle of soda or something in their locker. And so he samples them all <laughs> to, uh, to match the uh, saliva and he figures it out. Uh, super easy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then once he figures it out, uh, the person that he figures out who it is, I, I don't know, are we spoiling this? or? I think so. Because, yeah, spoilers. I mean, we're talking about this whole thing. And so this is like this is about the midway point, I think, um, which I was, thought was interesting. That's when they reveal who the, uh, the killer is. Mm. Um, but then it becomes important later on, all the stuff that ensues there. But... Yeah, and we didn't introduce the other guy yet, the other bighorn sheep guy. Oh, that's but, true, yeah. Um, so many things just happened. Um, <laughs> it was part of that same montage sort of stuff. That's true. So, when yeah, when Louis, Louis ends up res, you know, officially resigning from the drama club, and then he also pulls out of school officially. Mm-hmm. But in his place, they kind of need a new star, and so they get this freshman um, who's a... Um, bighorn sheep? Yes, I know he's like kind of like a pretty boy, I guess, and he's right. kind of he's, full of himself. He's not a bighorn sheep because they say he's something else, like a thin horn sheep or something. He's definitely a sheep. They they say it. He's got this attractive, these attractive horns. The yes. ladies like. Uh, I'm yeah. told the ladies love him. <laughs> so yeah, he's kind of he's a bit you know a bit full of himself, um, but he's interested in acting, and so they you know he comes on board to uh, be one of the you know main actors. Uh, and he becomes important because yeah. And then there's like some random scene where he's essentially asking Lagoshi to try and eat him or something. I don't know what the hell that oh, scene was yeah. about. Oh yeah, that was strange. It just happens, and then we never come back to it again. And yeah, I, I don't know. It was like they needed to have an interaction so that I don't know to tie things together more later. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I forgot about that scene where he's just like, "Eat me." Yeah. Turn the lights off. You want to eat me? Just random, weird. Yeah. I don't know. Strange. And anyway, and so. Well, all, all then, this to set up oh, him for... confronting the killer. Yes. Okay. Who is a bear uh, named Riz. Riz. <laughs> yeah. So. Big old bear. 
Yeah, we. I guess we probably have seen him before. Like he's been a part of the drama club the whole time, but I don't remember so. noticing him before until this one scene before he goes and like is sampling the drinks. They show this guy a lot and he's huge and uh, just like even his shoes look just like the shoes of the person that attacked Lugosi. Um, anyway, so it's pretty obvious who the who the person who attacked Lugosi is and that that person is probably the person who killed Tim. And then, yeah, and then we launch into a whole another story about his plight as a as a bear. Um, he's, he's a large bear. So because he's so large, he has to take uh, muscle atrophying drugs, I guess, to keep him from getting too big and too scary. Um, and so they go into that so that we feel sorry for him a little bit, I guess, uh, before we, before we find out for sure that he's the one that ate Tim, right? Or, yeah. Before we get like the full backstory of like how, like they were friends, I guess. And yeah, and I guess we can get into that since we're talking about him. Yeah. Well, Tim was friends with Lugosi too. So he was, you know, fairly yeah. friendly with carnivores, but, uh, yeah. yeah. And they, they had a, a bond and I guess, like for Riz, part of his um, backstory was that because he's so big and muscular, he'd always like put on this face to be, you know, nice and friendly. But uh, Tem like saw through that and saw, you know, saw him for the muscular, you know, beast he is. Uh, but still like liked him and accepted him, and so kind of touched him on a level. And uh, for some reason, um, this inspires. Riz to stop taking his muscle atrophy medication to show Tim how really big and uh, and strong he could be, and then it right. all goes awry, and he gets eaten. Yep, he eats Tim, and then so then Lagosi has figured this out and is confronting uh, Riz about that. Yeah, and uh, Pina shows up. Pina the yes the, the yeah the ram whatever he is. Um, shows up and like overhears them. And so now he's sort of part of it too. And Riz is now like contemplating killing both of them. And, but he's really very nonchalant about it and doesn't really seem to care that much. He's just like, yeah, I'll have to kill him eventually, I suppose. But uh, yeah, you know, not right now, I guess. And he has this whole, like, not that I, I don't think I bought it too much, but it's like this whole twisted, uh, perspective on Tim like you know Tim was mm. his friend and now he's like part of him because he mm. ate him and you know he won't forget the words he said before he you know died uh, so he has this like twisted view of, of what he did you know he's not really like seeing it um, clearly yeah and later it seems to become more that his worry it about them knowing is that they're going to ruin his false memory that he's created of of his relationship with Tim, I yeah. guess, basically. I don't know. Which is, I, I suppose, like an indication that he just doesn't want to address what he did. And so it's, you know, he's just holding on to the memories of his friend and um, he kind of gets a therapy session later on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we're not there yet. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I feel like we're pretty close to that. Legacy after this, you know, he resumes, his, keeps doing his training. And um, when he starts his training, he... I don't know if it's important, but he gets all his fur shaved down. Mm. And so he looks like he doesn't look like himself. Um, has like a lighter gray color, uh, fur color instead of like a darker gray. Mm -hmm. And so he can, that's so he can slip around the, uh, the underbelly of the black market, uh, and not be recognized by the Shishigumi who he, you know, raided their place and he's trying. So basically what he's doing with the Panda as part of his training is legacy is, uh, apprehending these, carnivores who are like have meat addictions or mm -hmm. like gone too far with the meat and yeah. and i don't really i don't know what they do he he says he like reprograms them uh goheen does yeah, they kind of like locks them up basically and yeah i don't know yeah. some sort of uh crude uh therapy i don't know it's like yeah rehab yeah yeah it's like rehab for carnivores withdrawal but, rehab <laughs> but it's like forced forced rehab. yeah um which always works as we know oh yeah Always. <laughs> Very successful. Uh, so while uh, Legacy is you know, trying to rein in two of these uh, meat addicts, he gets kind of caught up with the Shishigumi investigating someone stealing tusks or something. They don't really 
explain some sort how of, that mishap happens. Some sort of ivory thing. That's yeah. Yeah. So that's when he first, you know, uh, Louis approaches as they're kind of interrogating him. And, yeah. The Shishigumi catch him and think that he is one of the ones who was stealing the elephant tusks and are asking him where the other guys went and who his friends are that were helping him steal the elephant tusks. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and, and they're like, likely excuse. Right. And then Louis shows up and um, Lugosi recognizes him and starts wagging his tail impulsively, which angers the lions because they think that means he's not afraid or something, I guess, which yeah. I expect him to be. And anyway, and then we cut to a scene of just, you know, um, Lugosi and Louis like having a conversation on a balcony because I don't know. Like, how does that, how does it go from that to that? I don't, I don't. Well, there's a scene in between there where they, they're all eating dinner together. Oh, right, right. And then he says, I'm a white fox, so I only eat fried tofu. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Louis is convinced that he has been eating meat and that like he's a, like Lagoshi has and that he's a hypocrite. Right. Or, you know, all the stuff in the past of him, you know, virtue signaling with uh, mm. <laughs> meat consumption. It's all immediately like, um, resolved <laughs> like his uh, his yeah. misunderstanding because not only does um legacy get to witness louis eating meat to prove among the lions you know like no i'm cool mm-hmm. uh but then after that when they they go out into the balcony to have a private discussion i guess and and the uh, shishigumi are like okay like well yeah you'll be fine i guess boss <laughs> i guess and uh yeah but then legacy hugs him uh, really tight, but uh, it allows Louis to get a good sniff. Uh, it doesn't smell any meat on him, so he's mm-hmm. like, like that, that that whole misunderstanding. Oh nope, that didn't matter. Yeah, and then all the lions come out, and I guess assume that he's attacking Louis or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that was it all random turns too. Yeah, sour for some reason, and then Lugosi has to like jump off the balcony to save himself, and and he does, and that's the end of that scene. Yep, and it was all I think all just to reunite them and yeah yeah so after that um there's more training and Mm. then there's a scene that i thought was dumb too like i i like this show like over like i don't know the season had a lot of stumbles i think uh, story-wise but this is one of them where it's like um pina has a run-in with uh with riz you know after they've had multiple you know Mm-hmm. And it becomes clear to him that they need to do something about that. So he, without asking Legacy or anything, he like plants a note in uh, Riz's locker to be like, "Come meet me at this place," and we're like, "We're gonna ambush him," and it's a whole plan. Legacy mm-hmm. hears about this, immediately runs to the locker, gets the letter before Riz can see it. But then, boom! Riz is right behind him, and uh, they just start fighting. <laughs> well, Riz is right behind him and says, "Oh, I should have known it would be you planting a fake note from Pina." Yeah. Wait, he already read the note then, and then he put it back in his locker and just waited? Or And the note and then, still looks sealed. And then why would Lugosi be going to get it if it doesn't yeah, it doesn't make, make any sense. sense. It doesn't make um, any sense. Anyway, yeah, then they, they start fighting, and they're like, oh, well, we shouldn't fight here. Let's go to this other place where it'll be easier to clean up all the blood. So then they go and like basically trash a shower. Yeah, um, it's like a big, like... Yeah, large shower. And area. while they're fighting, some janitor janitorial staff <laughs> shows up, and uh, Riz goes out and says, "Oh yeah, we're we're almost done in here with our showering. We'll be out in a minute." And then he goes back in and says to Lugosi, "Oh, we have to stop fighting right now, and uh, we can resume this later." And then they start fighting again, and then uh, and the janitorial staff yells again, "Hey, are you guys done in there yet?" And then they de- decide to just leave. I don't, I don't know. And yeah, and that's never, there's no repercussions from destroying this yeah. shower room or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, so, and, it, and it, with you describing that just now, it made me think too, like it, it completely like deflates a lot of the tension of this fight when they're like, mm-hmm. well, I guess we'll have to do this later. <laughs> it's like, well, right. it's not that important then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot that just doesn't make sense from story standpoint or character motivation or yeah it's just there because i guess it looks cool or something i don't know i don't know i don't know yeah they it's almost like they were just kind of hurrying it like we got to get to this point where this these characters yeah. can fight for real 
and yeah, I yeah, there's really no excuse for it. I don't understand um, why they had to rush it so much. Yeah, and then now are we at the end? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So okay. then, so then, Le- uh, Legoshi, they've planned this fight. It's going to be like at New Year's, like yeah. right before midnight. Uh-huh. And but uh, Legoshi wants Louis to be there for some reason. He wants him to witness it because he might die. Yeah. Um, you think you'd want Haru there after, you know, but anyway, he, he whatever he's got, reason. he's got a bigger crush on Louie, I guess. Um, anyway, so yeah, so they get there and Louie hasn't shown up yet and him and Riz start fighting and stuff and Riz is kicking his butt because he's a giant freaking bear and, uh, yeah. you know, as you would expect would happen. And he's not taking his atrophy medication either, so right, even more right. ripped. And Legosi is, you know super weak because he hasn't eaten meat although i don't think he's ever eaten meat in his life so i don't know why that's suddenly a thing where he's becoming weaker which they talk about a lot like oh i'm becoming weaker because i'm not eating meat but you never ate meat <laughs> so why would you be becoming weaker uh, yes it doesn't make sense <sighs> and anyway um, so louis shows up and says eat my fucking leg and uh, lugosi's like okay <laughs> because this whole show hasn't been about how lugosi refuses to eat meat it's apparently not important it's like oh well i have to eat meat so i can win this fight so i guess i'll do that yeah despite everything this show is set up about me um, yep yep but then it's like i'll just eat your calf you know so that you're still alive I didn't have to and, kill and, you. And, this is a humane way of doing it. And yeah, that leg, I mean, Louis didn't want it anyway, because that's the leg that it has the marking on his foot from yes. when he was branded as a child, when he was for sale in the, in the black market or whatever. Yes, which we did touch so on, he's yeah. happy to be rid of it, I guess. Um, which he basically says to Legosi. And, uh, anyway, and then Legosi goes back and, and kicks Riz's ass and, uh, the end. Yes, and then Riz realized he has an epiphany of like, you were right. I, I, I don't know. I killed my friend, or I forget what he says, but he has some sort of like, you know, aha moment of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, recognizing what he did. I just realized we we skipped over the part where Louis is no longer the leader of the Shishigumi. Yes, yeah. Uh, we also skipped over the moth. <laughs> oh yeah, the moth. <laughs> I'm fine with skipping over the moth, but the the the, the Shishigumi thing, I, I guess, is sort of important. Yeah, um, I mean, sort of. I don't know exactly why what happens happens, but um, Louis wants to go and support Legosi in the fight. Yeah, and he basically says, the 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 other guy who's like the head of the lions, Gone, um, I guess, Gone, yeah, is like well no we have important things to do here or something like that but you know i'll drive you if it's that important to you um but then he also says like i'm I'm leaving the shishigumi yeah uh, gone says well you can't leave the shishigumi so now i'm gonna try and eat you but then earlier earlier in the the show um gone had given a gun to another of the lions yeah and said if i ever try to eat louis then shoot me so uh so he does chekhov's gun given to a lion thing which is so ridiculous he was just tailing the car because they were driving yeah. the car and this other guy was on a motorcycle and he just like just follows him everywhere just to make just sure sense like so they had tinted windows mafia guys well they pulled into like a darkened tunnel so yeah, there's no way true. he could have seen anything anyway yeah. but anyway so he shows up and he shoots him and now so that guy's dead and then the guy the other lion who shot the second in command lion guy says, don't ever come back to the black market. Otherwise I'll have to kill you. And if I have to kill you, then he died for nothing. Kind of seems like he died for nothing anyway. <laughs> but, and also I don't understand why he couldn't, why he had to leave the Shishigumi to go watch this fight. Like why that was like an ultimatum. <laughs> like you're either in or you're out. Um, so yeah, I know, you, get you, that. you guys can't hear me shrugging, but I'm just <laughs> shrugging. Yes. I don't shrug, fucking know. Shrug fest. Um, so yeah, this second season of Beastars didn't, I mean, it did somewhat address, uh, the, th- the things that I wanted to know after having watched the first season, mm-hmm. like who killed Tem, because that was sort of yeah. a big thing. I mean, it, it's not anything that was actually investigated in the first season. It was just like at the beginning of the first season, like that's like the big issue. And then it gets completely sidelined by all the other crap that's going on. Uh, and then we get back to it here and eventually we do find out who killed Tem, but it's 
not like that satisfying of a reveal. Like the, the investigation is all like off screen, basically. Like we don't see a whole lot of actual investigation from Lugosi. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then we have this whole gangster side plot with uh, Louis that sort of came out of nowhere and now is ended and doesn't matter. And I know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just a lot of stuff that doesn't actually matter. And uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like we've traversed that much story. Like, right. It's just been. And one of my big letdowns this season <laughs> is I wanted, uh, you know, more a continuation of the love Lugosi uh, Haru thing yeah yeah, yeah. And Haru is like a, a total backseat in this uh season yeah and every time we see her she's just being like super sundere yeah. about everything like oh it's not like I like you or anything but <laughs> call me anytime she's like I'm gonna get a boyfriend he's like no you're not well what are you gonna do about it <laughs> yep uh yeah that's true and I did kind of like some of those scenes because I feel like but it was it was wasted on like for her character but um, I was hoping that they would, yeah, you know, progress that a little more. Like it, it kind of lost a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, there was no romance to it at all, right? Yeah, it was just like teenage angsty crap, basically. I don't yes. Know. And then also to your point with the Louis stuff, it's like I thought when he became, you know, it's like okay, he's the lead of the Shishigumi now, and I thought he was. I mean, he did do some stuff, I guess, but I thought there was going to be some sort of end game with that. That like right. he was going to use his influence to, I don't know, maybe not do something virtuous, but do something like other than stuff that didn't really matter. Right. Yeah. I don't, and, and the conversation he had with his father, it seems like his father was some sort of gangster as well. Right. And he's like, well, I'm running this rival crime syndicate. So, mm. you know, I'm going to prove that I'm better than you or something like that seemed to sort of be what Louis was saying. Uh, yeah. And, like, uh, okay. And, and I, that doesn't ever happen or come to fruition or anything like that. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's a it's a conglomeration of stuff that happens, and uh, a lot of it's not that interesting, and a lot of it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. It, it could have been better, I guess. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I don't want to say it like shit the bed, like some. I mean, the ending, the last episode, definitely did. Like that was just <laughs> stupid. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, I I think. I think I have to mention the moth just with the last episode because, I mean, it's, it's, All right. it's, it's a scene that stands out for sure. But basically leading up to this final battle, uh, uh, Lugosi and Goheen are kind of talking about, like, you were, you touched on, like, I'm not getting strong. You know, I need to be stronger. I'm not eating meat. And he's like, well, there is one way. Uh, and it's eat to eat bugs. It's like a middle mm. ground between, you know, eating meat and, and plants, I guess. Uh, and so like, uh, Lugosi has this whole scene where he has like a grub, is it a caterpillar? Some sort of larva in his hand. And it's this whole scene of him like contemplating, like, you know, do I end this life? And, you know, he has this whole thing and he he decides to do it. And then as he's eating it, uh, he has like the sensation of it, you know, chewing it in those different layers. But then as it sort of becomes a part of him, he has this like, sort of hallucinatory <laughs> episode with the the hypothetical moth that this larva would have become. He has a metaphysical experience. <laughs> Let's call it that. There you go. <laughs> uh, and so we actually see this moth just like standing like, what's up? Uh, and basically tells him that, you know, because I think at one point he's like, oh, this is gross and he's going to puke it up. But the moth is saying, like, no, don't waste this, you know. You killed me for nothing? Yeah. The heck, punk? Uh, but he goes on this whole thing about, you know, the sanctity of life. And, you know, by eating me, you've ended my life. But, like, I'm part of you. And, you know, if you're... It's like kind of like the right reasons of, of taking a life for sustenance, I guess, instead of just being a crazed lunatic about it. Uh, you know, like some of these meat addict uh, characters are. So I don't know. I'm not saying they did this effectively, but when during the final scene, when he is convinced of, you know, Louis convinces him to eat his leg, uh, seemed to tie into that where it's like, well, I'm doing it for the right reasons. You know, it's not it's not just yeah. a, a blanket, um, you know, refusal based on my, you know, my virtues. It's like, no, this is a means to an end. And um, so I'm not I don't know. I don't think they did it uh well, but I think that they were going for something there. 
Um, but it kind of confused the whole message, I think, of of what this whole world is trying to say about meat and carnivores versus herbivores. And I mean, there's, there's bigger picture stuff there, I think, going on. But just with that alone of like, why do we eat what we eat? And, you know, should there be guilt associated with what you eat if you're killing something like mm-hmm. like these like kind of topics I, I wanted them to explore like more succinctly and have like a clear message. But well, I think, OK, if you eat other people, you should feel guilty and bad about that. If you eat your friend. There you go. That's a whole universe solved right there. Well, I, I guess it works for Louis's character because he wanted the Shishigumi to eat him and they wouldn't. Mm. And then later he's like, you know, Legosi, you eat me. And he's like, okay, but just this part. Only his leg, O.C. <laughs> oh, see? <laughs> uh, yeah, during that whole moth, the- moth scene, I kept, uh, I kept thinking of, of mushrooms because I had recently watched... I think it was an Adam Ragusio video about uh, mushrooms hmm. and uh, how they are essentially more similar to meat than they are to like a plant or a vegetable or something like they contain proteins mm. in the same way that meat does. And that's why they have like umami like meat does uh, mm. because they have yeah. a lot of the same chemical properties anyway. And I was thinking, you know, he should have just eaten some mushrooms, just a get mushroom a bunch burger. of mushrooms and yeah. Yeah. And, uh, mushrooms are amazing. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good point, though. Yeah, like have some mushrooms. Yeah, but I'm guessing mushrooms mushrooms don't exist in this world. Maybe they must not. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm trying to miss in. I'm trying to think if I saw any in Louis's salad that the shishigumi guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a funny scene where he's like, "Hey, I know." The one of the lions is like, "Hey, I know you don't like eating all this meat, and you're looking pretty thin, but I uh, bought you a salad, and that was weird. Never done that." feel weird having it so here you take it felt really weird buying it it's like it's like going to the store to buy tampons for my sister <laughs> i don't know he didn't say that but you know <laughs> that's um, funny do you think this mo- uh, this show has a vegan agenda <laughs> or maybe not by the end it's like no eat a leg it's fine no it's <clears throat> it's it seems to be like all that stuff early on seems to be sort of taking the whole meat is murder thing to an extreme Mm. you know even these carnivores are like oh eating meat's bad you know yeah um sort of putting themselves in an unnatural position only so they can come back later and say you know eating meat is is good because the the animals that you eat become a part of you and Mm. and give you power and strength and you know i don't know it seems like maybe maybe the opposite of uh yeah vegan agenda trying Um, to but I don't, I don't know how intentional that is. Uh, yeah, I always in the first season I thought that the the strain between the the carnivores and the herbivores was an allegory for something in society. Yeah, same. Uh, I kept thinking, but it, but it never really made that connection or laid it down in any way that um, that it made sense uh, as an allegory, I guess. And they even talk about. Because, yeah, I kept thinking that, too. I was thinking, like, is it, like, a race allegory? Or is it more broader about, like, you know, we're not that far from our animalistic urges, you know, our primal instincts. Like, we think we're civilized, but we're really, there's a thin line between that. Or, Mm. um, But then with the race thing, this season, they had a whole element of, like, the school was going to start segregating the classrooms and they're Mm, going to ban all the clubs and stuff. And it was like, okay, well, that seems more directly, like... (laughs) About that, but yeah, to your point, it's like they never really pick a lane and hammer it, you know, like, right. like follow it through. It's like it's all kind of sitting there, and you could kind of make, try to piece things together, but it wasn't really clear what they were trying to say. Yeah, or if they were trying to say anything, and maybe it was just that's the way things are in this world, and we were trying to read too much into it. Uh, maybe that's what I think now is that I was trying to read too much into it, um, <laughs> and that they didn't. They weren't trying to use it as an allegory or try and make any sort of point uh, about society. It yeah. Was just, it was necessary for the story, I guess. I'm not, I mean, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. That's probably fair, but I just, like, my brain can't stop thinking about it because it's so important, you know, or it's framed to be yeah. so important. Um, I also thought of, like, the carnivore versus herbivore thing of, like, 
like men versus women, you know, it's like men mm. often have more muscle mass and they can, you know, they're, they're just stronger. Uh, and so that, that was kind of an element of this too. Where it's like, you don't know what it's like being a herbivore. Like you don't know, you know, what it's like to live in constant threat and feel like, mm. you know, every day could be your last or that. Right. Um, and then the flip side on the carnivore, like you don't understand what it's like to be, you know, just assume that you can handle everything and that you're just this tough, you know, individual, but, um, but yeah, once again, I'm probably grasping yeah. at straws, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right in that it seems like there is a little bit of a, an allegory of like sexual, um, I don't know, mm. sexuality, I guess. Yeah. But, and but yeah, it never, it never really, it never really goes with that. Like it yeah. sort of seems like it could, mm. but it doesn't. It's almost like window know. dressing that they just didn't, you know. Yeah. wasn't fully realized or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I don't know if it's, this is from a manga or something, right? It is. And the manga is completed. It has been for several years. So I'm like, what is the, what story, is this the whole story? And we might get more B-stars. So I'm like, I don't know. Very, if anyone knows on the manga, chime in, please. <laughs> but what, you, what were you going to say? Yeah, I, I was just, you know, curious, like how close this is to the manga. Mm. Like if it, sort of sped through things and skipped over things or did things differently because they maybe didn't realize they were important for these allegories that it seemed like were being set up. Yeah. Like it's possible that the people who made the anime just didn't catch on to them and didn't mm -hmm. realize that those were there and changed things just enough that they're not there anymore or something. I don't know. Um, it'd be interesting to look at it and see. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious too. I, I mean, I may even read the manga at some point out of curiosity because I do like a lot of the characters and a lot of the stuff that was set up in season one was um, intriguing to me. And beyond that, it's a good looking show. It uses 3D uh, CG very well, I think. Um, mm, there's yeah. some parts where it's like a little takes you out of it, but like by and large, like it looks really good, I think. Um, and uh, the music was cool too. I was noticing like, it was kind of like a film noir aspect uh, in this season. Anyway, mm -hmm. I was noticing of like a lot of like kind of down tempo jazz, kind of moody, you know, uh, just uh, nice, uh, nice aesthetic. Uh, I mean, it was it was in the first season too, I think. But I think so, yeah. I did notice it in this season as well. Mm. Um, yeah. So I guess that's it. You got anything else? I guess so. Um, we're both a bit disappointed. Um. But it uh, definitely ended better than uh, Promised Neverland season two. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, I, I, I would say I was a bit disappointed for most of this season. And the ending left me more disappointed mm. um, than a bit. Uh, but not like, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. It's just the ending was, was crap. It was a crap ending. Yeah. Um, but yes, not as bad as The Promised Neverland, um, which was really, I mean, they both, I guess, stupid comes to mind for both of them. So I'm trying to think of why Promised Neverland was worse. Um, they were both rushed, but I think Promised Neverland was way more rushed. That's true. That The, the last two episodes of Promised Neverland was just like super rushed through a billion different things. Whereas this yeah. one, like the pacing of the ending wasn't horrible, at least compared to the rest of the season, which mm. I think had some pacing issues. Like it, I don't know. It, it all seemed a bit hurried. Um, yeah. Through most of the season, but yeah, promise Neverland didn't feel that way until yeah, the very end. And it was like super mega thousand times speed. Um, I feel like this season of Beastars, I just had this thought while you're talking about, like, could have been better if they would have just focused more on, like, having, like, on Louis' side, having more of a, you know, once he kills the Shishigumi leader, they, like, imprison him or something, and then they show, like, his arc across the season of him becoming the leader of the Shishigumi, like, mm. actually this, like, you know, rags to riches kind of thing, um, not the most appropriate uh, turn of phrase, but, you know, you know what I mean, like, him, like, however it happens, but, like, more believably and more, like, you know, more of an emotional journey for him instead of just like, oh, you're the, you're our leader all of a sudden. Uh, and then on um, uh, Lugosi's side, 
being like him balancing his relationship with Haru more, you know, having a lot more of that mm. uh, with him also investigating Tem's murder. And then like right. this season could have ended with him like figuring out who the murderer was instead of revealing it halfway through the season or, or about, right. uh, and then like getting rid of all that tension of like, of who, I mean, I guess you still have tension of like them fighting, but then they fight so many different times that it, you know, by the time it happens for real, it's like, all right. Um, it's it, yeah. It's weird because yeah, you're right. Like the, even the first season, it seemed like the first half was its own thing. And the second half was its own thing. And then they did that again this season where the first half of the season was one thing. And the second half of the season was like a different thing. Like, yeah. Um, and normally I complain when they're dragging things out because a lot of shows do that. They take some source material and they just stretch it out. Yeah. But yeah, it might be justifiable in this case. Like there could be a lot more to it, but I don't know how much more there is in the source material. I don't know if they smushed a whole bunch of stuff into this. And that's why it feels like it's sort of rapidly paced, moving through things and not really dwelling on anything. Um, But I don't know. Then again, maybe stretching it out, there wouldn't be enough there to stretch a full season out of it. Yeah, it's hard to say. But it definitely seems like... um... Some better choices could have been made, but uh, but yeah, I I guess that's all I have to say. Um, regrettably, if the, if there is a third season, I'll uh, definitely watch more. Um, like I like I like these characters, and um, I don't know where they go from here, <laughs> but um, but I'll still be curious because I, I like I like enough of of it, and I'm invested at this point. So I mean, yeah, next season is uh, Haru and Lagoshi planning their wedding. Because he proposed to her, remember? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's just, it's a wedding planning. Well, for the first half of the season. Then the second half of the season is their married life. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, I would watch that too, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I wanted more Haru. So, I, well, especially their dynamic, you know, I was like, I thought the first season was my, one of my favorite things is their relationship and how awkward, you know, genuinely uh, awkward and just, you know, innocent it was um and kind of that their dynamics and yeah i thought it was all i thought it was all well done from a character standpoint and then they just kind of put it on the back burner so you think one-legged louis is the best man at the wedding (laughs) maybe that would be a little awkward though right yeah because of his previous relationship with haru yeah kind of strange but he'll have to be there right i would think so yeah and then i mean I'm assuming that Riz will, you know, be cured and he'll come back and, you know, it'll be that redemption story about, you know, I'm all better now. And, and he'll be, you know, part of, part of that. Um, I mean, Jack will clearly be the best man. Oh yeah, you're right. Jack (laughs) would have to be the best man, huh? Yeah. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe um, Juno and, and Haru can become better friends uh, they had a scene in this mm. season where which i thought was kind of cute where you know juno is just looking for reasons to hate her more and mm-hmm. and having this whole inner monologue thing and uh haru's just kind of like winning her over like reluctantly <laughs> um it was kind of cute but uh, again another thing that was never addressed again random, and uh, had no payoff yeah random yeah. stuff so yeah along with uh what were the names that you wrote down uh oh. sheila and peach and peach yeah, yeah they had a scene that we i didn't even talk about that yeah i know i thought of uh i was like when do i bring on oh, the anteater would even bring up that whole thing oh yeah that too which i guess i guess in hindsight it wasn't that important um i mean not as far as like the main story goes but yeah it's all like little bits of window dressing to make the world seem more real or whatever yeah and, and i i like i like how they did some of that stuff despite the fact that it wasn't really that necessary. Right. But with like Sheila and Peach, it's a kind of a carnivore and an herbivore, you know, becoming closer and going on this outing, like shopping outing and kind of sharing differences they have. And I don't know. It's a lot about accepting someone different than you and, and uh, learning to, you know, just be friends with, you know, people uh, regardless of, uh, you know, how you, how you may differ or how your lives might be differently or be different. Uh, but yeah, so that uh, that was kind of that. And then the whole Kibi is the anteater and he ends up inexplicably getting his arm 
like chewed off. It just kind of like falls on the just ground. Got, just got ripped off. Like, <laughs> Carn- carnivores don't know their own strength, I guess is what they say. And so like, uh, which whoever the guy was that accidentally ripped his arm off was uh, some sort of cat. I, I don't know what he could have been doing that he accidentally ripped his arm off, but that seems to be that it was an accident. Yeah. And he feels really bad about it. And there's this whole thing. And then it creates more tension between the carnivores and, yeah, but then they have a really tender scene where that guy that did it goes to visit the anteater in the hospital, and it was, I don't know, I like that scene. It, yeah. was, it was tender and sweet. Um, and then we've got the Lagosian Bill scenes. Oh, that's true, yeah. That was a whole thing as well. Yeah. There's so much that we didn't cover. <laughs> yeah, but... Because it wasn't part of the main plot. It was yeah. all just... Stuff that stuff happened. Stuff that happened, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of stuff happens. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Speaking of stuff happening, next week more stuff's going to happen with the Umlike Anime Podcast. Uh, we're going to do an episode about something else. What will it be? Who knows? Well, George and I do. But, That's true. Uh, you know, we're not telling you. So oh, stay tuned. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to know, you can go to our website, um, look at the schedule there, and it will probably tell you what it's going to be. How do you spell that? Um, like anime, U-M-L-I-K-E-A-N-I-M-E, mm. um, dot com. We got the dot com, you guys. That's a dot C-O-M. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, and you can find us on all the social media networks, Twitter and whatnot. Uh, same thing. You, I'm like anime spelled the same way. Um, like anime is the name of the show and um like anime is the name of the podcast show i already said that um like anime.com is our website i already said that <laughs> we're on patreon show that out there and um yeah patreon.com slash unlike anime you can find us there you can give us money if you want to uh or if you don't want to then don't uh, we're on YouTube. You can leave us comments. You can tweet at us. Uh, we have a Discord. You can join if you want to try and chat with us that way. Yeah. Whatever. You do what you want. I don't care. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.